Exodus 17, verses 1 through 7. The whole Israelite community set out from the desert of Sin, traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses replied, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water there, and they grumbled against Moses. They said, Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, What am I to do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord answered Moses, Go out in front of the people, take with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile, and go. I will stand there before you by the rock at Horeb, strike the rock, and water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel, and he called the place Massa and Meribah, because the Israelites quarreled, and because they tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Did you notice? Did you notice the ever so subtle shift in our text today? Again, we've been following the Israelites uh, as they've begun their wilderness journey. They were freed from slavery in Egypt after over 430 years. We know that they would spend 40 years wandering the wilderness, but they don't know that yet. And so in our passage, the Israelites are only at the beginning of their wilderness journey. They're like all of us who are at the beginning of this COVID wilderness journey we all find ourselves in, even though it feels like we've been in it for a very long time. But it's only taken a few weeks in the wilderness for the Israelites to make this shift. And and what shift am I talking about? Well, it's a shift in perspective and memory. Listen again to our passage. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. Moses replied, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water, and they grumbled against Moses. They said, Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst? Did you hear it? The people grumbled against Moses, saying, Why did you bring us up out of Egypt? God's people were fed up with the wilderness. Essentially, the people wanted to go back. They had already had enough of the wilderness living. They would rather take a life of slavery than wilderness living any day, all day. But this shift in thinking and perspective actually began in last week's passage. You remember the manna and the quail? That all began with people grumbling. Listen, in the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. Wow. There, they go on to say, there we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. I mean, talk about a shift in perspective and memory. 
God has already shown out and showed up among the Israelites. God had caused all the plagues in Egypt, which had worn down Pharaoh, and finally Pharaoh released the, uh, the Israelites from slavery. But then Pharaoh changes his mind. He goes after the Israelites, and, and as they're fleeing, God parts the Red Sea and allows the Israelites to, to cross the Red Sea on dry ground. And when they're all the way over, God causes those parted seas to crash down on Pharaoh and his army, uh, rescuing the Israelites. Every day during the wilderness journey, God was leading his people with a pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at night. I mean, God was providing manna in the morning and quail in the evening. God was all around them. He was with them and leading them. God had done so many things for God's people. And let's not forget why God sent Moses to Egypt in the first place. Listen to God's call on Moses' life in Exodus 3. The Lord said to Moses, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians. Before the wilderness, the life of an Israelite was horrible. It was slavery. It was oppressive. The Israelites had been crying out to God to free them, to take them out of Egypt, and, and God had heard them. God had done just that. They were free. They were no longer slaves, but still the Israelites were longing to go back. Longing to go back to slavery. You know, our memories are funny things. In our house, I am not the one with the good memory. Kristen remembers everything I mean everything, everything, which causes problems because it usually makes her right in most disagreements, especially when we're trying to remember something. She remembers every little detail of every little thing. Me, not so much. There are definitely things I don't remember or misremember. It's funny how different our minds and memory can be. I don't know if any of you remember, uh, but there was a time when DNA and DNA evidence wasn't a thing. We didn't have the ability to rely on DNA evidence in court cases. The primary means of convicting someone of a crime was someone's first-hand eyewitness account of the accused committing the crime. It was the memory of the crime and the accused criminal and the testimony of that memory. But in the 1980s, DNA started being used and DNA evidence began being used to overturn previous convictions. The DNA proved that the convicted person did not or could not have committed a, that particular crime. Well, uh, once DNA started being used and um, used to in, uh, overturn convictions. A study was done several years later um, and it looked at 300 cases where the person was wrongly convicted. 300 individuals who were wrongly convicted. And what it found was that in three-fourths of those convictions, we're talking over 200 falsely accused people, those convictions were made because of faulty eyewitness accounts. 
People had gotten on the stand and sworn an oath that they saw a person commit a crime, only the person didn't commit the crime. And those, and these weren't cases where people intentionally gave false testimony. In those 300 overturned cases, that did happen. But among the three-fourths that I'm talking about, these were simply people who remembered seeing something happen that didn't actually happen. What the study showed is that our minds can play tricks on us. Our minds are not like hard drives and we can just record it uh, and, and record memories and play them back over just like they happened. Our memory is affected by time and experience and emotions and all kinds of factors. And so as we look at our passage, we realize the memories of our Israelites, their memories were playing tricks on them. When they found themselves in the wilderness and when they became a little hungry and a little thirsty, suddenly their time in Egypt wasn't so bad. In their minds and in their memories, they had pots of meat and all they could eat. It's like, the, it's like Egypt was an all-you-can-eat buffet. Suddenly, they couldn't remember all the good things God had done and was doing for them. They also couldn't imagine all the possible things God could do for them because in their minds, the past wasn't so bad. Those 430 years in slavery weren't so bad. The way things used to be were better than the wilderness. They had the imagination to remember their slavery as if they were passengers on a cruise ship but they didn't have enough imagination to envision a God who could provide and was always there for them. I'm going to say that again. They had the imagination to remember their slavery as if they were passengers on a cruise ship, but they didn't have enough imagination to envision a God that would provide with, for them and would always be with, be with them. Let me ask you, has that ever happened to you? Have you ever misremembered a situation, a moment in time as something different than what it really was? Perhaps you remember a dark time in your life as better than it was because the future you're living in wasn't exactly what you had imagined. Listen, we're hearing it and we're seeing it almost every day now. There is this group or that group, that, that person or this person saying, we need to get back to normal. We need to get life back to normal. And I, and I hear them and I, and I hear some of you. I am ready to quit socially distancing. I'm ready to go places. I'm, I'm ready for our businesses to get back up and running. I, I want all of those things to happen as long as people can stay safe. But I don't know if I want normal to come back. I don't know if I want the old way of life to come back. I don't know if I want our level of busyness prior to COVID-19. I don't know if that needs to come back. I don't know if some of our schedules need to go back the way they were. I don't know if our calendars need to be filled up with more work time than family time. I don't know if we need to go back to eating more meals away from home than at home. 
I don't know if we need to go back to money burning holes in our pockets. Because what if another crisis is coming? We need to be prepared. We need to be wise. I just think sometimes our memories play tricks on us. We look back on our old way of life and we think of it better than we ought to. As we see and hear some of the grumbling in the news from various groups, we are reminded of the Israelites grumbling. They grumbled when they longed for a life back in Egypt. Again, they had the imagination to remember slavery as if they were on a cruise, but they didn't have the imagination to envision a God who was always with them and who would provide for them. God would provide the Israelites with water. Moses would strike the rock and the water would come out. Their thirst was quenched. Verse 7 says, And Moses called the place Massa, which means testing, and Meribah, which means quarreling, because the Israelites quarreled and because they tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? You see, this whole episode sprang forth because the Israelites weren't sure that God was with them. After everything, they weren't sure that God was with them. You see, grumbling and quarreling begin when we stop remembering that God is with us. The thing we must remember and know and trust and believe in is that God is with us. God is with us in the wilderness. God was with us before the wilderness and God is going to be with us after the wilderness. When we stop remembering that God is with us, our minds begin to play tricks on us. We start to remember our life before God as better than it was. We start to think we can do things on our own. We start to think that our plans are better than God's plans. We start to wonder how we can do life without God. But the thing we must come to realize is that just like our physical bodies can't live very long without water, our souls can't live. They don't thrive without a relationship with our Creator, our God. Listen to what Jesus says in John's Gospel. John 7, 37 through 38. Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. You see, everyone who calls on the name of Jesus, who trusts in Him and His death on the cross as payment for our sin against God, they are given living water. It is water that quenches our souls. Jesus is living water that God has provided for the entire world, whether we're in the wilderness or not. It's a source that never runs dry because when we put our trust in Christ, God grants us the Holy Spirit, God's very self. And that means, that means that God is always with us. He's inside us. We don't have to wonder or question or doubt God's presence. For those who are in Christ, Christ is in them. 
God's spirit is in them, and that spirit is a well that will never go dry. If you haven't put your faith and trust in Jesus, I pray, I pray you will. He is the only source of living water that I know. He's the only thing that will sustain you and get you through any wilderness, any moment. Christ is the one who came and rescued us who were slaves to our sin and who makes us sons and daughters of God. But we all have a decision to make. Are we going to trust that God is always with us and choose to envision a brighter future? Or are we going to slip back to our old way of living and being because we remember it better than it really was? We don't have to wait until this pandemic is over to decide that question. We can go ahead and we can begin now setting up routines setting up practices in our individual lives and in, in, and in our families. We can begin now doing that, doing things that will carry us into the future. Listen, if you skip ahead in the story of the Israelites, if you skip ahead in their wilderness journey, you will come to Numbers chapter 20. And there you will find an almost identical story to the one that we find in Exodus 17. Again, our story, Exodus 17, the Israelites, they're only a few weeks into their wilderness journey. Numbers 20, chapter 20, they've been in the wilderness almost 40 years. Yet the same thing happens. They find themselves without water. They begin to grumble and quarrel. They ask Moses, why did you take us out of Egypt? And God reminds them he's still there and water comes out of the rock. I don't know about you. I want to learn my lesson now. I want to choose now and forever and from this day forward and as long as I live in any way else I need to say it. I want to learn now and choose now and, and believe now that God is with us. God is with me. God is always with us. Let us learn that lesson today. And let's begin living out that lesson today. God is with you. God is always with you. I love you. God loves you. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you so much that you are always with us. We thank you that um, you continually showed out and showed up among the Israelites even when they didn't realize or recognize it. And Father, we, we pray forgiveness for when we fail to, to realize how you are always with us, how you continually provide, how you continually show up. Forgive us for when we fail to realize that. Forgive us when our, our minds play tricks on us and we remember our life before you better than what it really was. 
Forgive us when we fail to envision a future with you that is better than one now. Father, we thank you that you are always with us. We thank you that through Christ we do have a living water. That our souls are, are quenched. That you are always with us through the power of your Holy Spirit. We thank you. We thank you for always being with us. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.